Are you ready? I think so. <laughs> And hello, everybody. Welcome to SEN Afterlife. I am Jay Wade, and holy shit, fuck Batman, if we got one today. <laughs> That's right, guys. We're now on episode number 26 of this SEN Live After Show. And uh, I've got a special guest co-host tonight. Uh, you, you may know who she is uh, from Call to Action and Action Army in general, which is something I've been very interested in uh, over this last year and a half as they've grown and developed. But everybody, Kelsey Kirkland is here. Uh, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for uh, thank you for helping me out tonight and joining me. Uh, I think it's going to be a good time. Um, like I said, uh, you do stuff over uh, for a call to a- or uh, not call to action, but uh, uh, yeah, it is called action. Pod- the action army and the call to action. I always get those which ones which mixed up sometime. But uh, why don't you break it down for some of the listeners who may not be really familiar with everything uh can you give give and me too i would like to know exactly where the action army came from and then how it evolved into what you guys are all doing today yeah absolutely so uh a small team started to show up on the schmodown a while back called team action and even though they were pretty gnarly heels a few of us decided we we really liked them and we wanted to cheer them on and support them uh, so the Action Army was born, and over the couple years and such, it's not really Team Action necessarily anymore. We still love the guys, but we've we now have Roca fans. We have major Mike Kalinowski fans. We just—it's more of a collective of Schmodown fans that we all love Schmodown. That's the only thing we really have in common, otherwise. And so we've bonded over it. And Call to Action is kind of—we like to call it the voice of the Action Army. Uh, we're all consider ourselves Action Army, of course, but we're the the podcast is like the vocal voice of that group. That's great. Um, how many members are there total of the entire team uh, uh, for the uh, Call to Action podcast? For Call to Action, uh, we are at 11, I believe. There's 11. Oh, that's that's awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, and I, I enjoy y'all's uh, shows. Um, Kill to Action, Call to Action, obviously. Uh, Schmobates is, is really really taken off and becoming a hit. Um, that's a fun one too. What, what got you into SE or like Schmodown and how did, how were you introduced to Christian and, uh, and the work that he does? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all started way back in 2016. I was looking for a non-spoiler review of Suicide Squad. I came across Collider. I started watching Collider somewhat regularly and they kept talking about this thing called the Schmodown. I started to watch that and fell in love. It's the only sport I follow. (laughs) And then I've been a big, huge fan of it the entire time. Watched Collider Live. And then when uh, Christian left and started as CN Live, I followed him there. And it's just, I've, it's a great show and I fell in love with it. So I watch it every single time I can, especially live so I can get to hang out in the chat with everybody, but it's an awesome are there any moments specific that stick out in your mind so far in uh, SE and live? Uh, what sticks out for me is uh, Brett has slowly become like my favorite human being on the planet. And he started out on the show kind of more quiet. But ever since getting to see all his amazing impressions and everything, honestly, Brett's impressions are probably like my favorite thing that happens. At SEN. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. And it's, it's awesome. 
it was a shame on Collider Live when when they couldn't really utilize him, and uh, mm-hmm. and it's awesome that here he's just he's the breakout star. I think um, I really great. And I mean, there's a flirt and flouse, dude. Give me a break. Don't <laughs> even get me started on that shit. I I still yell that shit when I'm just driving in my car and I'll just yell the flirt and flouse. <laughs> most famous guest we've ever had on chilled action we were pretty excited about it <laughs> oh yeah that was good too that was a lot of fun i liked that i liked that it was so much fun and all uh improv and so it was like one of our hardest things we've ever done on the channel but definitely one of the best things we've ever done so it was great <laughs> um uh, you don't have to answer this and this is not to put you on the spot this literally just popped into my head um but i was just wondering is is there an interview that maybe uh, was a guest who wasn't difficult, but just maybe um, you were you were excited about or anxious about or nervous about? Um, there's been a couple for us, but I have had that feeling before where I've just completely overwhelmed and I'm like, man, like, I just really want this to go well. And in the moment, I'm sitting there going, I hope this is going well. <laughs> Um, I wasn't on screen for this one, but I, I'm always in the background of chill. So I kind of do like the tech stuff and run the chat and things. But I do get to talk to the guests before we go live. So I got to go on screen for a little bit to kind of give them a breakdown of what's happening and things like that. When we had Ethan Irwin on, just his career is incredible. He is a fascinating human being. And I was completely starstruck getting to talk to him about what just movies and film and his career. And I mean, that one was a big deal for us (laughs) oh that's awesome that's awesome yeah uh great work over there and keep it up please please i appreciate Um, it but uh but this week we kind of got back to uh somewhat of the old format or the regular format of roca hosting on mondays which uh at first when that's when that first started kelsey i was a little weary and i wasn't too sure but it took about two weeks of Roca hosting the Monday episodes, and it became no offense to Christian. I love him. I love the show, but Monday just is. It became my my favorite day of the week as far as looking forward to the show. Um, and but we got we got Roca back. But hey, we got Kate and we got Brett and we got Goddard RB three all on Monday. Um, how did you feel that went having the crew back, uh, minus Christian, which is great because that means that hopefully Schmodown will start, uh, start picking up here in the next month or two. Um, but what do you think about that? How do you think it went with the the old format as far as the, the crew, but the new format of the show being online and everything? I thought it was absolutely great. I, I felt very similarly about having uh, Roka run Mondays. Not Nothing against Roka. I love Roka. Just, you know, you get so used to Christian being the one in charge of it. The idea of somebody else kind of being the head leader for a little while kind of was like, whoa, whoa, don't don't change my favorite thing, right? Yeah. I, it, it's definitely different when Roka hosts it, but not it's in a great way. It's a different different vibe, different flow. Um, it's a nice way to mix up the week. And I felt that again when we got them all back together this week. It was felt like good old times when they were back in the studio. I their dynamic together. Uh, great funny moments. I, I was very happy. Yeah, I was too. And uh personally I kind of have a I kind of have a love hate relationship with uh Ben Goddard. Um I don't <laughs> know him. I've never met him. We had we had an exchange uh hardcore difference of opinion via Twitter one time. Um, and 
I will say just sometimes the guy gets under my skin, but you know what? I was thrilled to see him again. It's the, I, <laughs> it's funny. Um, when he popped up on screen, I was like, Oh, let's see how this goes. And not in a rude way, but just in just one of those, you know, damn it. Ben's, he's one of those. Sometimes I'm like, damn it, Ben. Um, but as soon as he started talking, I was like, you know what? I really miss this guy a hell of a lot more than I thought I did. And it's not just his hair, um, <laughs> <laughs> which his hair's looking a little rough. You know he's dying because he needs right a now. haircut. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure. Every, everyone's roughing it right now with the hair. I need to slowly oh, yeah. watch it get worse and worse for everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um and Brett and Brett and Kate, even though they're not in the same room, they've still they've still got that chemistry. Um, and that's what I'm really looking forward to when all this this beer bug shit lifts and we can get the the crew back together, sitting there next to each other. Um, well, I wonder if Christian, when that point comes, uh, I'm sure it probably wouldn't be a six foot rule, but I wonder if he would implement like I mean at least like what a three foot rule got to spread people out a little bit more. I don't know. I don't know how he would approach that. Yeah, that's, I'm really interested to see how, when we all start getting back into new normal, as they call it, what it's going to look like. Uh, will they be able to have as many people of the crew in the room at the same time as they used to? If, will, if they fit, if they do get that amount of space or is, are they going to just closer together? Or I like, I don't know exactly what that room looks like being in there. So I don't know what the space looks like, but I'm wondering how they will fit everybody in and still give everyone that space they need. Yeah. Yeah. And while you were talking there, I just came up with a man idea and um, you can be the, the female voice of reason here. Let's do a little role play <laughs> if you don't mind. Um, right. Not that kind. Um, uh, <laughs> I've, I, I've, I've, ex- I've gone a little bit too in depth into some of my interests on this show before. I, I didn't yeah. realize it in the moment, but I realized it later. Um, but um, a little bit of role play here. Say I'm Christian, you're his wife. And we're, we're, we got the issue that we're just talking about and everybody's starting to come back in and I need a little bit more space. Okay. So that okay. that's where we're at. Okay. So, um, okay. So now I'm Christian. Uh, and I don't know how he talks, so I'll probably butcher it because I'm from the Midwest and he's from New York. But uh, it, it would go something like this in my mind. Um, hey, hon, uh, I was just thinking I need more room to do the show because we got to spread out for social distancing. Uh, I was thinking we could move the family into the garage and move the studio into the house. What do you think? That's good, right? Um. Well, but see, but see, we need more room because we can't social distance and we need to get everybody in the same room so that we can stop doing the internet thing and, and we can be close to each other as a family. So it would be okay if we were all crammed together in the garage. Cause I mean, at least we'll still have a roof over our head and whatnot, you know? So, I mean, that would be all right. Right. Christian, if I have to hang out with you in a garage all the time, I will lose my mind. Yep, and then that's when Christian says something along the lines, yeah, I, I was just kidding. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> that, you'd say, but that's what I would say. <laughs> yeah. But that thought did occur to me. I was like, I mean, obviously, I can't see Christian being the type of guy who would do that, but you know there is a guy out there who would do that, who would be like, hey, baby, we should just uh, 
Just move everything in the house into the garage so that I got more room to podcast with the fellas, you know? Um, but yeah, there's brainstorming. <laughs> there's somebody out there who's probably already done that, I'm sure. Um, but there was some actual news that dropped this week, which I've been surprised about. The AMC, uh, the AMC, they picked a fight with Universal Studios. Eagle. It doesn't seem like they completely followed suit, but they're backing up AMC. I personally am not a movie, a theater-going person. Uh, not that I don't have, or not that I have anything against it. I just, honestly, I don't have the extra money to spend on going to see movies. It's quite expensive. Um, but there are certain directors, you know, certain actors that, like Tarantino, Kevin Smith, you know, uh, certain people I will always support in the theaters. But I don't know. Um, I I don't know how the theater makes their money. But I've heard Christian say quite a bit that it's mostly off of the uh, uh, concessions and whatnot. So I'm wondering. I can understand being upset because lost revenue is lost revenue. But is it really that? I don't know. Do you think AMC is overreacting here? I mean, I can understand a reaction. But do you think that this is an overreaction? Because you got to think they're upset because they're, they're going to lose some of that revenue from whatever Universal decides to put out on VOD. But if they're not going to, I mean, it's definitely a power move because now you're cutting off all of the revenue you would have made from Universal. So it's definitely a power move. But do you think it's a it's a reaction or an overreaction? I, I think it's an overreaction. I do feel they had a right to say something. I can see their viewpoint. But I feel like this is going to cost them a lot in the long run, particularly when they have like a, a program like A-List. I'm an A-List member, but I love Universal Movies, and I want to go see them. Maybe I will switch my membership to like Cinemark or somewhere where I don't have that restriction. I can still see a Universal movie. I, I think it will, in the long run, kind of bite them in the butt. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because uh, I mean, in my mind, in my mind, their move here is 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 basically, you know, uh, trying to strong arm them to get everything they they want, rather than coming to the table and trying to have a compromise. Is the way it kind of seems to me. And I don't know, man. I I, I don't recall anyone strong arming a movie a movie studio and it turning out well. Those people are loaded, man. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I don't feel like this is going to do much. I see their point. I feel like this was, should have been more of a, hey, let's have a conversation. And this is our grievances. What can we do to make everybody happy? But no, they just went straight to, oh, we're not going to show your stuff anymore. And I, I feel like maybe it would have led to that eventually. But I feel like there's some conversations that didn't happen that should have happened. Yeah. And it, well, for me personally, something else I think about in this is, I'm not someone who pays attention to studios. Uh, when I when I see a movie trailer or something, I don't pay attention to what studio put it out. So I'm sitting here and I'm trying to think um, uh, in into the past, and I'm trying to think. I can't even name a Universal movie that I know or that I know is Universal. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, other than the old monster movies and shit like that. Um, so it 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 makes me wonder. I mean, I don't know. It's just one of the, it's weird for me personally, because I'm like, well, I don't even know what studios put out what movies. So now I'm wondering if this were five years ago, what kick-ass movies would we have missed out on in the theater? 
I don't know. That's just a little side thought I had. Absolutely. And also, uh, like most people don't really know what studios are doing movies until they see it pop up on the screen before the movie. So let's say you're wanting to go to the movies. You're just near there. You go there and you realize, oh, that movie I wanted to see isn't there. I didn't know it was universal. And so I, I think for especially people who don't know what studios do, which movies, it will complicate things for them when they're going to go see a movie as well. Yeah, for sure. Sure. And, uh, and we got one more one more quick thing of note from the week. Uh, something that was it was the highlight other than Monday <laughs> being with the the the, uh, the old school crew uh, Monday format back. Hotel Nerd and Lawrence Lease, they had a huge battle there. Uh, I believe it was Wednesday, maybe mm-hmm. Thursday. Days blend into me when I'm late off work. Um, <laughs> But, uh, together now <laughs> yeah uh but he they had a huge battle um i don't wow i mean it amazes me it doesn't amaze me the support that that christian gets via uh donations and stuff like that that doesn't surprise me at all what surprises me sometimes is the uh, i don't know how to say it i mean i don't it's nothing bad but i guess basically my position, I'm like, man, if I could, if I could blow up a schmobot, that would be awesome. But I can't do that. So when other people do it like they did and get in a battle with each other, I'm sitting there more in awe of that than anything they're talking about on the show. And I think that day, Hotel Nerd and Lawrence, I think they stole the whole fucking show. Yeah, the schmobot has been a fascinating thing when it comes to SEN Live, where I'm sure when they thought about having it in the first place, it was just be a simple concept. Okay, well, people could say what they want, and it will be verbalized. And the way people have used it with battles between each other, uh, the funny ways they could trick it into saying things, it's just been it's been one of the greatest parts of the show. It's like a character all of its in its own, and it's been incredibly funny material that's happened because of the Shmobot and that whole that whole thing that happened the other day was definitely a prime example of that. For sure. And and uh speaking of the Shmobot, um of course it's just amazing when it when it would piss off Ellis. Uh I missed that a lot. Uh, that was always great. And the whole lip quiver thing. Um it just God, such great fun. Um and but speaking of Hotel Nerd Podcast, uh by the time this episode you're listening to right now, this show comes out, I will have already been a guest on tomorrow night, Saturday night's episode of Hotel Nerd Podcast. So uh, after you're done listening to this, go and check that out. Um, I do know for sure it is a Hotel Nerd Hotel Nerd Network, I believe it is, on YouTube. But uh, I'll be on there tomorrow night, so it should be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, we, uh, we, we did some really cool shit this week. Um, did you happen to purchase any of, uh, of attack Peter's, uh, uh, art that he did? Oh, I didn't get a chance to, I definitely got to see it and it was incredible and funny. I didn't get a chance to get any of it though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I picked up a shirt. Um, uh, I'm a bigger guy. So when I saw they had shirts for big guys, I was like, dude, I got to get those. Um, which this is a prime example of how I tend to get a little bit off rails here, but I just said that and it reminded me. Um, I was at a, uh, a Hank Third concert one time. Hank Williams Third show. This was probably about, oh shit, oh, probably about 14 years ago, 13, 14 years ago. And 
and I was talking to the merch, the person running Hague Third's merch booth, and uh, and and you know I'm asking, you know, you got this shirt in this size, and all they had was like double XL, and I just straight up looked at this chick or the guy. Uh, the chick was the chick was the one who laughed. Uh, the guy didn't think it was funny because he was a big guy too. But um, I look at him and I go, I go, dude, what? I go, fat guys don't like music too. And the chick starts laughing, and he looks at me a little offended, but I'm looking at him like, dude, I'm a big guy, too. Come on, cut me a break, dude. All I want is a fucking T-shirt. But, uh, but that was that was called out today that they they had the extra large uh, larger sizes, and it sounds like a really insignificant thing. It does. But for real, I want to add to that. Thank you, Christian, um, for, for making sure that happened because – that guys like kick-ass t-shirts too. I can vouch Absolutely. for that. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, his, his artwork was amazing and not just the, uh, not just the, the, the flirt and flouse and, and Christian artwork, but his other artwork, he does the Godzilla stuff. Um, man, I'm definitely interested in checking out some more of what that guy's got going on for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. He's very talented. I mean, I th- I have to admit the Christian and Brett one might be my favorite. Maybe it's in bias there, but I, he's very talented. I'm interested to see more stuff that he does for sure. Yeah, definitely. Since, since we're on the subject of art, uh, are you, are, do you do any art kind of stuff, painting, drawing, anything at all? I consider it art. I don't know if other people do as much, but I do cosplay. I make costumes. Oh, I, I would consider that art. So I do that a lot. I haven't done it as much the last couple years, but actually now that I'm stuck at home with no nothing to do, I'm getting back into it, working on trying to remember how I sew and make things. So that's that's, that's cool. my main, main form of art I do. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. I, I mess around with painting a little bit here and there. Um, I don't know. That's about it. I, I like w- working with wood. I, I wanted to get into the, uh, what is it, suit? sushugi burn or some shit i butchered it but where you burn (laughs) the wood and you can and it brings out the grain and wood and shit like that it's really cool uh but anyway i i love art so and and that that specific episode i think was great and christian and brett even mentioned it um the format was a little bit different that that day they had an interview off the top and and uh had more focused conversation and then went into the uh, the stream labs and, and but they kept the schmobot on the whole time, which I enjoyed. Yep. But um, what did you think of that format? Is that is that something you'd like to see more of? More, well, more of a format like that, or any kind of format? Because it's pretty loose format, which I enjoy. But that day just seemed to go really well. Definitely. I, I definitely think it works for some of the time. Uh, we do something similar in Call to Action where certain shows have certain formats, other shows are more loose, and certain episodes are different than upper, other episodes. And I, I definitely see it just works out that way when they have a guest that they want to interview and things like that. Just mixing up the format, I think it keeps the show interesting. Um, and definitely, I think I, if, I, if it could be reoccurring where they did this sometimes, I'd be totally okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I am all in on that too. That's a that was a really good one there. For um, sure. Yeah, and here the last couple of weeks they've been they've been having some more topic type uh, type days, uh, such as well, this week they had one day they talked about greatest TV characters. One day one day was greatest movie villains and heroes. Uh, movies uh, 
of the year that we were born, which is what we're going to finish off the SEN segment uh, with, which is what I'm kind of looking forward to talking about. I don't know why, but <laughs> I found out there were some kick-ass fucking movies that came out the year I was born. Um, but I'll, I'll let you pick. Uh, which would you like to kind of kind of run down uh, some of our favorites of first, the TV's greatest characters or uh, greatest movie villains and heroes? Um, I am good with talking about greatest movie villains and heroes because that's kind of my cup of tea a little bit. <laughs> ah, and and who are you? Well, let's start with let's start with the best. Okay, yeah. we got to start with the villains, of course. Um, mm-hmm. Who are some of your favorite villains from the movies? And mine, well, my my villains were were pretty villainy, I guess. <laughs> Might mm-hmm. not be the word a word, but the word I chose to use. Um, my heroes though, are maybe a little odd, but I, I had a hard time with this too, because a lot of my villains, I would consider heroes just because I love dark shit and I love it when the bad guys win. So I um, do too. Oh, I, I just, I love that shit. I still waiting for a move. Well, never mind. Reservoir dogs. Okay. That was stupid. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love, I'm about to go, I'm still waiting for a movie where everybody fucking dies. And then I'm like, oh yeah, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, I, and I saw that one like 20 fucking years ago. Good smooth, Jay. Very smooth. Um, uh, who are your, some of your favorite villains that uh, that stand out to you? Um, it may be recency bias, but Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, I absolutely adored. It's also kind of sort of the anti-hero because, in my opinion, I kind of root for him a little bit in the end. Yep. <laughs> yep. But that you'll find that trend. I tend to root with the bad guys. Uh, another big one, of course, is Vader. I am Sith and proud. Once again, yes. he's more the, the hero of my story, but technically a villain. Yeah, uh, and see, that's what—that's kind of what I mean in my mind. And, and I'm sure you're the same way. You're writing those down as villains because technically you kind of have to, but in your mind, mm-hmm. you're like, nah, man, these were the greatest, dude. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like, uh, I just, I don't know. I, I guess in my day-to-day life, I'm definitely in no way, shape, or form a villain. I'm definitely a pretty goody two-shoes person. But when it comes to my books, my comics, video games, I always tend to towards the bad side of things i think it's because it's so opposite of how i really am i tend to get drawn to that i always like the villains more than i do the heroes pretty much <laughs> yeah yeah me too for sure um and it, a couple that i wrote down was uh i've got a few here actually but a couple um michael parks from tusk now a, a lot of these i don't know their fucking names from the movies and that's just how i roll i roll in a really weird way like um when I describe people, it's it's not by their names, uh, uh, by their character names. I'll normally pick something about their character from the show and call them that. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Michael Parks from Tusk, uh, that was, I don't know, that was really, I'd be scared shitless if I was in that unbelievable situation. <laughs> um, uh, but another one in, in this, and this has got a, yeah, this has got kind of a Tarantino, Kevin Smith theme here. But um, Christoph Waltz from uh, Inglorious Bastards. That's yes. one of mine, too, for sure. Yeah, just fucking amazing. Um, and now that I say that, it didn't hit me when I was doing the heroes, but you could then go Tarantino, Christoph Waltz, and Django Unchained. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and, 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 and if anyone who just heard me say that, questions that uh 
All I got to say is remember in your head, replay in your head when he freaking when he freaking shoots Leonardo DiCaprio. And then there's your there's your reason as to why he was a hero in that movie in my mind. Um, <laughs> but I also wrote down James McAvoy from Split, uh, which just I mean, what do we have like a dozen villains there? Unbelievable. Um, and the last one I wrote down was uh, Kurt Russell in Death Proof. Um, just so fucking sadistic and insane about how one would go about killing people. So Absolutely. good. Very scary, very brutal, which is the most interesting heroes and villains. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Excuse me. I almost was... My mind, my mind thinks as I'm speaking, and it, it often thinks different from what I'm saying. So as I'm as I'm talking about Kurt Russell, man, great villain in in Death Proof, sadistic killer. It was great. And then as I'm saying that, my mind is thinking. And then Rosario Dawson and the other girls, uh, they they just they come in the heroes at the end, and they kill Kurt Russ. They they killed Kurt Russell. What the fuck, man? They're the villains. <laughs> Um, but, uh, and then you, I don't know. I, now my mind is starting to go to that whole grindhouse, uh, the, the planet terror. Um, Mm -hmm. have you seen, have you seen planet terror too? I'm sorry. What's that? Yeah, I have. It's great. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Tarantino cracks me up in that movie and the dude who keeps the jar of balls. Um, come on, dude. I don't know. That shit's great. That shit's just great. Um, Those movies are fun, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, the heroes are the ones I was having a real hard time with. <laughs> because you know, when you typically think of heroes, it's, you're going to think of the same people everyone else would. Uh, 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 you know, your John McClane's, stuff like that. But um, one, have you seen Smoke and Aces? I have not. That's one I haven't okay. seen. I would recommend that movie. It's a great movie. Um, I won't spoil it for you, but at the very end, uh, Ryan Reynolds is a total fucking rock star hero. Um, 100%. Such a great movie with such a great ending. Um, I would definitely recommend that. But uh, another one I had was Roy Hobbs from the movie The Natural. Uh, and Roy Hobbs is the only character of all these that I remembered. He was played by Robert Redford in that movie. Um, but just, uh, I always loved that movie as a kid. He was, I, I, I still love baseball, but that movie to me as a kid, he was a hero in that. And when he hit the home run at the end and it busted out the lights and you got the, the fucking sparks flying everywhere and he's running around the bases in the dark and that music, it's so beautiful. I mean, I was probably five years old when I saw that. I remember it like it was yesterday. And and I just, I love that shit so much. Um, but how did you do on some heroes? Did you have a hard time too? Yeah, it was it was hard for me to come up with some. Mine, of course, usually tend to skew more towards the geekdom type. That's my favorites. Um, and then when I pick somebody and be like, are they a hero? Um, I mean, 
technically, but people don't agree. So one of mine is a very big anti-hero, uh, but he is probably one of the more interesting characters in that movie, and I actually do enjoy him, is uh, the comedian in The Watchmen. I, he's not a great hero, but he does great things and bad things. <laughs> so technically, and like I said, anti-hero. I like anti-heroes, but they're still heroes in their own messed up sort of way. Um, yeah. And of course... She's a hero. She people. She does bad things as well, but she saves people, and that's my girl Harley Quinn. Margot Robbie is the most lovable version of Harley I could imagine, and she said she's got bad motives sometimes, but she still does a good thing overall. She's a good person. Um, they do a good job of showing that because in the comics, there's a few times where she does show that she does have that soft side, and they did a good job of showing that. Let me think of what else I had one lined up. Um. Well, pro- another one, Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, Robert yeah. Downey Jr. Such a great character. So much depth. He also has those moments where he kind of thinks selfishly, but he's human, and I love that about him. He makes him a complex hero for sure, and he in in the end saves everyone. So it just shows how amazing he is. Yeah. And an- another weird choice, but he is the- he is a hero in his own special way. Is Scott Pilgrim. In Scott Pilgrim versus the World, uh, everyone to- talks about that movie, and I've still not seen it. Yeah, it is one one of my favorites. It's my third favorite movie. He, it is, it is great. I thoroughly enjoy it. And then this is a my last one. I'm gonna say is a pair of uh, heroes in their own special way. And my second favorite movie of all time, Warrior, um, the brothers. Uh, Joel Edgerton and Tom Hardy, just their story and their arc and their bond. I I consider that them being like heroes, not typical hero, but heroes of their own story. Well, but then again, um, and I got one more hero, and and this is a good example of it. All depends on the perspective you're looking, you're viewing the movie through. Um, mm-hmm. a perfect example is when you were uh, speaking about Joker, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. I, I was in I was in his car the whole ride. Um, you know I don't agree with with the, a lot of the things he did, but mm-hmm. it's entertainment. It's a movie. I recognize that, so I allowed myself to go go there, and it was extremely fun. So it's all a matter of the perspective in which you choose to view the movie. That being said, um, this one hit me out of nowhere, and I was like, "Of course!" All right, tiny. From Devil's Rejects. Um, oh, at the yeah. end, when he pulls them out of the fire. Yes. Just, I don't know. And I love those movies, but that was one where it was like, okay, he's obviously technically a villain, but I mean, for real, he was a hero in that moment. I loved Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I, that's the thing. I, I, the, the idea of heroes and villains, I feel like the best heroes and the best villains, you can barely tell them apart. The only thing you can tell them apart is by one decision they make because real people are complex. They aren't all good. They aren't all bad. That's one thing. I was also the Joker. I agreed with a lot of his opinions. Thanos, as I said on the show, I agree with a lot of the things he's saying. I feel like he went about it wrong. He, that shouldn't, he shouldn't have done what he did, but he wasn't wrong in his concept. <laughs> right, right. That, I feel like that's what makes the best heroes and the best villains is where you really can barely tell them apart. 
Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, like you said, not, life is not black and white, and exactly. and these, yeah, and 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 going back again to Joker, uh, on fucking believable uh, performance there, and not just performance, but du- direction and all mm-hmm. that. But I mean, Joaquin just fucking killed it. Um, Absolutely. Uh, now the thing I'm looking forward to uh, is movies of the year we were born. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, man, I just had a birthday like two days ago, three days ago, Monday, and I turned the big, (laughs) I turned the big four one, baby. I'm 41 years old. I'm officially on the other side of the hill, rolling down the other side. Um, at least I'm at the top and just started rolling down though. So I got a good view from up here and it looks pretty fun. Um, (laughs) but, uh, but I was born in 79. And uh, I have some mentions, and then I have a few of my favorites. Uh, Because although some movies are good, they're not necessarily our favorites. Um, But from some of my, the mentions I have from my year are Alien, Apocalypse Now, Mad Max, Star Trek, The Motion Picture, Amityville Horror. Um, those, Those are all good movies. In, in in one way or another, whether or not I think they're good, which is subjective, or uh, the the public thought they were good, or they're, they've become cult classics, whatever, they're solid movies at the very least. Um, but my faves from the year I was born, and this one was awesome. The, the first two, I had no clue, were, were in 79. Uh, Warriors. Um, I love that fucking movie so much. And when I saw that was from 79, I was like, okay, I can roll with this. We had some good shit in my year. Um, and then The Jerk, uh, that is the that is one of my favorite Steve Martin movies. So fucking good. Uh, Meatballs. And this one, I really had no idea. The Black Stallion. And that's a movie that I watched over and over and over again as a kid. And just just seeing the, the cover of that when I was looking at movies from my year and reading the title, it brought back those memories. And I was like, yeah, that's definitely, of the years I was born, that's one of my faves. Those are great. That is a great year for movies. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. But, yeah. but, but the big question is, what do you got going on in the year you were born? All right. Well, I just turned 30, so I am a 1990 baby. Um, and I had no idea how good of a year 1990 was for movies until I was pulling them up for this. A lot of classic movies came out that year. Uh, I'll list a few that aren't my, I mean, they're some of my favorites, but not my absolute favorites, but like home alone came out that year. Pretty woman dances with wolves. Uh, Die Hard oh my 2. gosh. Back to the future three. I mean, like it was a great year for movies. Um, we have, uh, what else? A Rocky movie came out. Um, Flatliners came out. I mean, it was a, a very eclectic year of movies, for sure. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I, I saw Dances with Wolves in the theater, and that was just... It's the, 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 the initial scene when they, when they peek over the hill and you just see the fucking miles and miles of buffalo on a big screen, that was just the most amazingly beautiful thing. It was so awesome. Um, God, that movie is so damn good. It's wonderful. And it came out the year, so I'm pretty excited about that. 
Um, but my, some of my absolute favorites was Edward Scissorhands came out that year and oh. big fan of that movie. It's one of my favorites. So I was happy to see that. Um, we also have Misery. I am a mm. huge Stephen King fan. And that is one of my favorite film adaptations of one of his books. I, I still cringe when she puts that block of wood between his ankles. Oh my gosh. What's fascinating about that scene too is in the books, it's technically almost more brutal what she does to him, but somehow the way it's put on the screen that way, I would rather have what happens in the books happen to be than what she does. Cause it just looks so brutal in that movie. They did such a good job of making you just squirm while watching it. Wow. Yeah. And I do too. It's just such a terrible, terrible thing to watch. Mm-hmm. And and Kathy Bates, I mean, her, just like she's a kind, caring mother type figure, and this is what needs to be done. It's for your best, you know, your your best interest in art. It's for your own good. And and I'm about to fuck you up. <laughs> to the heroes and villains things, like she feels like she's doing the right thing. She feels like, well, in her own way, in her brain, thinks I'm helping this person. I'm caring for this person. I am helping him write this amazing book and it's going to be great. When we're watching and they're like, oh gosh, lady, you're insane. Please stop doing what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I just, ugh. Oh, now I'm thinking about that scene. Well, not just that, but another cringeworthy scene is, that gets me every time is um, American History X when he when he puts the 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 fellow's teeth on the curb. The and you hear you hear that fucking sound of the teeth hitting the curb. It's just the most excruciating thing. Oh man, that's the difference with things like that. It'd be one thing like just seeing it only happens, but if you make the sound just right, it makes it so much worse. Like it just, ugh, I am totally with you on that because that scene is brutal in itself but hearing that is just makes it that much worse yeah and it's moments like that when you realize just how much sound matters in movies um and you know and that's obviously in and added in sound that's a lot of the sounds they just enhance i'm sure uh Mm -hmm. most of them i would probably say are completely added in uh, yeah. But that sound there was completely added in, and whoever edited that audio did a great job because it, it gives you all those feelings that, that that it was intended to give you. Absolutely. I think sound is definitely a very underappreciated uh, part of movies. And then when you're, like, watching the Oscar, especially now when they do, like, the way they do the clips where they, like – focus on scenes that are very sound heavy to show the clip and you're like wow i never paid attention to why those sounds changed the film as much as they did because sometimes they really do like the clicking of a typewriter uh the sound of phones ringing in the back it may not seem like much sometimes but it, it creates an environment that's real mm-hmm. and sound is definitely very important in film and it's more credit <laughs> yeah yeah and and I, I I was just looking at the I was just looking at the notes here, and I got so damn excited about the movies the year we were born. Uh, Kelsey, we skipped TV characters. Yeah, there's some amazing TV characters. <laughs> yeah, the the first one that comes to my mind is Michael Scott, uh, which may be a cop out answer because I think so many people would say him, but it's absolutely true. He rocked that fucking part oh, for sure. Some of your favorite. Mm, my favorite TV show, at least of a drama uh, of all time, is Mad Men. So Don Draper, he is 
a fascinating character. He's likable and also not likable at the same time. John Hamm, nobody else could have played that part the way John Hamm does. So I, I love Don Draper. He is definitely one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. Um, one of, one of, well, my favorite TV drama, um, is the West wing. Um, and there are so many great characters, in that show, but uh, one that always stands out to me is I, that's a show that I watch the entire series um, at least once a year, sometimes twice a year. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, Donna Moss, um, what, Janae, uh, Janelle Maloney, I believe is her name, but uh, the girl who played Donna Moss on that show, I really, uh, I don't know, I don't know. I like the I like the low key characters. Um, who aren't necessarily forefront all the time, but the have the have the great little moments that outshine the bigger characters. Those are the ones I tend to gravitate. And then yep. if we're moving into comedy, um, I picked for Parks and Rec and Wyatt. Uh, mm. He is my favorite character on that show. I, I love Ben. He is the person I would hang out with in real life if I were that world as well. So I just get drawn to him. I like Adam Scott, even when he's playing like a more of a butthead kind of character in other shows, I do like him still. So I love Ben Wyatt. He is my favorite. And then playing himself sort of, I really enjoyed James Vanderbeek as James Vanderbeek and don't trust the bitch in apartment 23. That show. I've not never last- heard of that before. What is that? A What, uh, what network is that on? I don't even remember. I feel like it was ABC. It got canceled after two seasons, but you can still find it streaming some places on Netflix for a while. I'm not sure if it's still there, but it's uh, about two roommates. Kristen Ritter is in it, and it's uh, two roommate girls who are very different, and James Vanderbeek is best friends with one of them, and he plays a very vain, uh, problematic, but funny, airheaded version of himself, and it's quite hilarious. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and again, showing my age, I got to throw in there George Costanza from Seinfeld. Um, mm-hmm. that, uh, well, I mean, all of those characters, really, but George, there was just something special about that fucker. I just, I love it so much. Um, and then a huge shout out to all, f- uh, well, five, yeah, all five of the cast members from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, holy shit do i love that show and those characters are they are the most disgusting terrible fucking human beings ever but Mm -hmm. i love them so much it's unbelievable (laughs) another example of people who do really bad things anyways because it's like why not (laughs) yeah how could you not love charlie (laughs) charlie's my favorite on that show by far he is my favorite on sunny so yeah, yeah. Um, I was just talking to a buddy the other day. Uh, I used to online game, and uh, we were talking about the guild and uh, uh, Felicia Day, which Brett was on that uh, as well. Um, we were talking about that, and then we got into the uh, Sunny episode where D was on the online game, and then Charlie took over and became the king. And it just wow, just such a great show and great characters and. Um, Far too many TV characters uh, keep going. <laughs> I know, <laughs> right? We could go all day, but yeah. yeah. Lots of some highlights. <laughs> yep. 
Yep, for sure. And uh, and and on that note, guys, we're going to take a quick break so you can hear some promos for some other Merc with a Movie blog shows, and we will be right back. Hey, guys, Sean here. Be sure to check out the new podcast over here at Merc with a Movie blog, Beyond the Screen. Mike, Sarah, and I every week coming together, doing our own little our own little radio show, whatever you want to call it, talking movie news, life, TV news, anything, whatever comes up. That's what we're going to talk about every week. Just come check it out. Where? Where? On the Mercury Movie Walk feed! Perfect! <laughs> Yay, okay, don't listen. Ready? Hi everyone, this is Sarah, host of Go Get That Rose podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to talking about all things Bachelor Nation. Join Jay Wade, a man in his 40s who is recently new to all things Bachelor Nation, and myself, someone who has been watching passionately for the past three years. As we review, share our thoughts on each episode of whatever show is currently on TV, whether that is Bachelor, Bachelorette, or Bachelor in Paradise. We might not even know everyone's name, but we have fun nonetheless. You can find us on Merkwood and Movie Blog Feed wherever you listen to podcasts. I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Hey guys, it's Sean. I wanted to tell you guys about the new show I'm hosting, the Harry Potter Review Show. Every other week, I'm joined by some combination of Kaylin, Sarah, and one guest that has never read the books. We discuss one movie per episode and break down what we love about them, what we don't love about them, and the differences from the books to the movies. It's a ton of fun, and I hope you guys will tune in to check it out. Until then, mischief managed. And we're back, everybody. Be sure to check out those shows, um, especially a little shout-out to Go Get That Rose, where I am co-host of um, Sarah and I. Uh, we talk about The Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise last year, but The Bachelor, Bachelorette. It, this sweet puppy dog Pete's season of Bachelor fucking killed me. I, I, I almost, I, I almost, I, it almost killed me. It was almost unbearable. And and because it was so unbearable, and then two weeks later they premiered this new Bachelor show, Listen to Your Heart, um, I love music far too much to subject myself to, to combining a karaoke contest with fucking Bachelor. So I opted out of this one. I opted out, Sarah's hosting with a, uh, a special guest co-host that we brought in for Go Get That Rose for this show. Um, and uh, her name is Kristen, and she's doing a great job. So I just want to recommend you guys check that out for sure. It's really fun. It's not, it is not your typical, like, we don't take that shit seriously. We shit talk them because they are all insane. Um, but uh, this is Kristen's debut uh, on podcast. And uh, just, uh, just to uh, throw it out there, man, she, uh, she, uh, she's got a boyfriend that I think she, uh, she has a good chance of catching up to in the podcasting world. Uh, Winston Marshall's girlfriend is Kristen, and she's the one I'm speaking of, who is co-hosting with Sarah on Go Get That Rose. And I want to plug that because they do a great job, and I'm not watching this show, but I'm listening to them talk about a show that I have no interest in, and I'm all about it. So I got to plug that for you guys. Uh, definitely check that out. It's fucking funny. Um, but now that that's out of the way and Kelsey's sitting there, I didn't prepare Kelsey that I was going to do that. Uh, and she's probably <laughs> sitting there going, hold on. What the fuck does bachelor have to do with anything? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, 
<laughs> Actually, a former Bachelor contestant was was uh, on one of the teams that yeah. played this week. So that's what it has to do with with the, there, Kelsey. That's the segue. Get it? Well, not segue, but that's the connection. Um, but but no, for real, check that out, guys. I'm proud of Sarah, and I'm proud of that show, and uh, I'm proud of, of Kristen there, too. It's really good. It's really fun. But uh, Schmodown, here we go, guys. Um, we are not going to spoil, obviously, uh, uh, ex- exhibition matches, but definitely want to plug and promote that if you have not, if you are a patron and you've not yet watched this match, it is a Back to the Future uh, championship match. Great match. Um, highly recommend that y'all go check it out. If you're not a patron and you and and maybe uh, you're getting into a better position to where you could become one, I would suggest it. Um, these exhibition matches, I'm finding, I'm enjoying far more than the league matches. Uh, They're just that much fun. Uh, So go check that out for sure. Um, Another little note that that I've got here is uh, I really do, and Christian brought this up, Kelsey, and I I think you'll agree with me maybe, because if you don't like Zaflirt and Flouse, then hell, I don't even want to know you. But um, Christian had mentioned perhaps Zaflirt and Flouse playing in the Schmodown. Is that something that excites you? Absolutely. When we had him on chill to action, him if that was a possibility, and he was very in his the star star powered way he does. He's like, oh, it's in the talks, maybe. Well, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, you got to tell me yes or no because I want to see it. <laughs> yes. I I love uh, I love Flouse, and I would love to see the just what a manager would do with him and how he would compete. And how the banter while competing would happen, I'm down for it. I will be very disappointed if he doesn't. Yeah. Um, well, one of my thoughts is it sounded like it, it sounded to me like uh, perhaps that would just turn into Zaflirt and Flouse and would be Zaflirt and Flouse in the den. Is that kind of how you took it? To tell, I, I could definitely see, especially when uh, teams have certain amounts of people they're allowed, and technically the flirt and flouse spoiler alert is to uh, is the same person as Brett Sheridan. <laughs> so I don't know <laughs> if he could be on two team front factions. That's if that would be a thing that's allowed. So I could I could see that happening. Um, we'll have to see what happens, but it would make sense to me if that's a stipulation of him being able to compete. He takes Brett's spot. I could see that happening. Yeah. Yeah, I I would just absolutely love for that to happen. Um, I mean, imagine not just the flirt and flouse, but imagine the flirt and flouse with manager Kate. Um, yes. Yeah, I'm all about that. <laughs> absolutely, that's like my favorite part of the Schmodown, particularly this season, is the interactions between players and their managers. And Kate has been one of my favorite managers, particularly for that reason. Her energy with everybody is entertaining and fantastic, and. I just can't even imagine how hilarious it would be with her with the flouse, just her trying to manage him and the promos and after scenes and everything. It would be hilarious. Um, this, this thought just popped in my head. Uh, what about a team? Now, now obviously this would probably not happen because of like you were saying the f- different factions, but just a, uh, what if, or in my mind, at least maybe a dream scenario, just throwing it out there, but perhaps a team is a flirt and flouse and Andrew guy. That would be definitely one of the most entertaining 
entertaining teams ever. I I know from just like being hanging out with Drew and stuff like that, he would get the biggest kick out of being on a team with a flirt and flouse. Um, so I I think entertainment wise, it would be amazing. Yeah, actual yeah. gameplay. That's the only <laughs> angle I'm thinking about it from is yeah. the entertainment. <laughs> the actual gameplay. I know that Andrew is very serious and wanting to. He wants that belt, man. And so he yep. is what it takes to get it. So I don't know if Flirt and Flouse can keep up. If that. <laughs> and it, imagine the possibilities of them walking out together. Oh, would be. Oh, incredible. wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it, it sound, it, 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 the, the image is great in my mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think so far of, uh, of the matches in this season? I mean, obviously, uh, because of the COVID, it's it's uh, had to slow down a little bit. But we have this new format. We have uh, we have the the factions and and the point system and everything. Um, so the COVID aside, how are you enjoying it? And how are you thinking it's going so far? There's been some really good matches. I think it's been going great. There may be less matches, but I feel they're all been really strong matches to watch. So I haven't felt that dread that there's not as many matches like I thought at first when I found out they were cutting them in half I'm like this is gonna suck I'm used to twice a week with these what's gonna happen and I haven't felt that because the matches we do get have been so solid we have some incredible new rookies that came out of the draft that I am really enjoying not only uh their gameplay but their characters as well so yeah this season has been incredible and I can only imagine what it's going to be like once they can actually start filming again and things like that back to a somewhat normal schedule. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And uh, an- another thought uh, just popped in my head, something I've been asking for for about a year, uh, but I finally just tweeted out at Christian about it, asking if it's possible. Um, but uh, an exhibition match that I have wanted to see for a long time is a three-way teams match. Um I think that would be a hell of a lot of fun because, you know, we've seen five-way matches and shit like that. Uh, I think it would be cool to have a three-way team match. And if if they were to do something like that, can you think of three teams that, that you would like to see go up against each other in one big match? Who do you think would, would be a, a just a real good time? Uh, I'm going to say my three, three of my favorite showdown competitors, all their teams, because their banter with each other is hilarious. And I think it would be very entertaining. And that would be corruption, whatever team Andrew guy ends up being on. And then who's the boss. I feel like yeah. just uh, the stress and conflict between Ben and drew there. Plus everybody is against Kalinowski and Kalinowski is against them. And just the amount of shit talk and, ugh, it would just, I think it'd be the most entertaining, plus solid gameplay. Those are all such strong players. I feel like it would be a really tight game as well. Yeah. Um, there's only two teams on Finstock Exchange, aren't there? Who's the boss uh, and um, uh, uh, Four Horsemen, or the Founding Fathers. Uh, it, is that Are those yeah. the only two teams on Finstock Exchange? I think. I don't know the... I, I think so. I uh, could be unless they're forming new teams. That I'm not sure of. I yeah. think that is the teams. Well, I, well, the thought had come into my mind uh, with all the drama and how easy it seems to stir the pot with uh, <laughs> with Finstock Exchange. Right, Dagnino's got to get a grip on his boys there. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if 
If they had three teams in their faction, that could be a fun exhibition match. But maybe even add to it a little bit by saying whoever wins this match gets a special benefit for their team. Um, that would be really interesting to put, it, you know, if Finstock Exchange had three teams, I think that'd be a blast and just see what the fuck happened after that fiasco. It'd be really entertaining. There's definitely some tensions within the Finstock Exchange, some uh, conflicts, some um, communication errors. It also doesn't help that when uh, Dagnino came on our show, he said that he's Team Guy and not Team Bateman. So, <laughs> like, just overall, there's some. I feel like there's. They need to work on some things. I feel like they need to like sit down and do some like group therapy. Like, okay, guys, we need to figure out how to work together, team, because there's a lot of personality and ego in this group, and we need to figure out how to be able to get along with that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh man. Um. And and speaking of teams, we had a team match this week, which it's been what, maybe three weeks, two weeks at least since we've had a teams match. It's been a while, for sure. Yeah, and both teams, not debut for all the competitors, but debuting of the two teams being together. Um, We had Rogue 2 from Swag Squad, Drip Drip, baby. Um, Drip. Yeah, and then uh, versus the Wicked coming from Rockstars, um, and, and when they went now, when they all came out and Winston took the mic and, and called Roxy over, obviously, you know, you know, it's going to be good. It's Winston. Um, Something. <laughs> yeah. And, and he gets down on that knee and, and asks her to accept that L <laughs> oh and buddy, they served them up that L too. It was a really, really good match. A lot of fun. Um, and one and one of the competitors of the Wicked, like I said earlier, was is uh, Jared Haven, uh, who is a former Bachelor comp- contestant. So that's fun too, I think. Um, just getting someone from that world. Uh, I mean, I'll I'll say it. I watched them damn shows to do a show about it, so I feel comfortable saying this. The majority of those people I see on that show, I. I have no reason to believe that they are on any in on any level of intelligence that matters other than superficial bullshit. Um, <laughs> but it's great to see someone from that world who knows their shit. You know, this dude is he's not he's not a pretty boy who who became a nerd. He's he's a nerd who became a fucking pretty boy. And uh, and he does know his shit, and I've always liked seeing him the the couple matches he's played in Schmodown. Um, and and it makes sense that Rocky Roxy Rocky, gosh, she has that all the time. I know she does. Roxy uh, picked him up, uh, especially. I and I've always wondered how much uh, how much she talked to him before she went to audition uh, for that last last season of bachelor which it's a good thing they didn't pick her she would have she would have ripped peter apart dude that dude's a joke holy shit um (laughs) and yes guys that's what happens on go get that rose it's a lot of that kind of talk um but uh what did you take away from this match with uh, against road two and the wicked it definitely came off to a great start winston winston cracks me up he enters the season just because of how great he is with his competitors, their dynamic. He is hilarious and comes up with great things like that. And then uh, just like nobody else has come up with like a catchphrase. Everyone shouts every single time they hear about your faction. 
the way he has with drip drip like and you can't say swag squad without saying it so winston has impressed me so much this season and this is just a continuation of that because this match was incredible it was a fairly close fairly close match it, it did end uh tko but it was not not a slow match at all and definitely not like a total knockout or anything like that but it's it was a great match and i love all these competitors all on their own but seeing them in teams together i liked the dynamic between everybody i feel like they were good matchups for uh being teams together i feel like they balanced themselves each other out pretty well so i i was very happy with what i saw for this match me too me too and it was it was a solid match and it was just a fun match um and what uh what is there a specific match this year so far that stands out to you that you enjoyed above the others? Still think my my two favorites was Bonnie versus Brett, just because of seeing the look on Brett's face at the end just yes. made me so happy. <laughs> I loved that one. And then uh Exam versus the experiment. Ron Harris has just been so great and seeing Paulo Yama's uh, new personality, Hunazu turn after uh, how he's changed since last season. I feel like that team is going to be some, that's going to be fun. I, and that match was fun to watch because Ron, man, Ron just dropping all the, all the jokes. (laughs) Yeah. And the knowledge shit, man. So smart too. Yeah. Now was he and, uh, is he and uh, McWeeny ever on a team together? Because if not, they maybe should be sometime in the future. I, I don't think so, but I can see your point. I think they would balance each other really well. If McQueenie does have the ability to come back and Drew's already been put on another team, so he's not available, I could totally, yeah. you know, storyline-wise somehow figure out to put them together. I think you're right. I think oh, my gosh. I, I'm i sorry. I didn't mean McQueeny. Um I like McWeeny, and I can't believe he retired. But uh, I did not mean McWeeny. I'm sorry. I meant uh, Bibiani. Yes, Bibiani would be great too. Their personality. Yeah, that's who I was thinking was Bibiani, and yeah, that's yeah. Absolutely, I can see that too. Bibs. I was trying to see Bibs all with the delinquent, whereas delinquent think all these like negative, like ah, who cares and stuff like that. And Bibs is just his little optimistic self. I, I think it'd be super funny. <laughs> yeah. But I love the dynamic of Shazam. Um, the kid is very good. If there was one thing that I would say um, about his gameplay, well, it's not even maybe his gameplay, but just um, I think that he he maybe needs to just, he needs to take a breath sometimes. He gets a little too excited. Like uh, mm-hmm. if he messes up, he gets a little too excited and down on himself, it seems, maybe. Um, which yeah. Which I'm sure can't be good for his concentration, you know. Uh, that's the only thing that I would say about the kid is that is that he just seems to get a little overwhelmed sometimes when he misses, you know, if he misses a question. Uh, but he bounces back real strong. So I could totally agree with that. Um, I feel like he's has a lot of energy and he's a very, in a good way, intense person. And I kind of relate to that too, where I I can get really intense, really hyper, and stuff. And it it can affect your focus sometimes. And you also you just get so in your head that you're almost not in your head anymore. It's hard to explain, but like you, you're so focused on trying to get back on track that you get further behind. So I can see that if he just like takes a breath, gets his energy, calm down a little bit. 
it, should, it probably would help his gameplay just a little bit. But I, I love the kid. I think he's one of the best players we have right now and can't wait to get to see him play again because I miss seeing him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, um, also want to mention, um, uh, bring up uh, Craig Barbarian. Um, lost his lost his wife uh, recently here. And uh, yeah, just uh, I, I definitely got to bring that up and thoughts and I know it sounds stupid, but thoughts and prayers, man. That's all. That's all I personally can offer up anyone, and and he's got them all from me. Um, so just really sorry to hear that, and and it's great that the that the communities come together and rallied around him, and uh, and you know not just him, but uh, but uh, Paul as well. Uh, last year, uh, it, it's really great community. I love it. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I cannot imagine going through with what he has had to go through this recently, but the community is just stepped up and has his back and we love him. Uh, I'm glad we were able to help uh, everyone who donated to the GoFundMe uh, slight plug, but call to action is actually on, uh, on Sunday. I believe this airs Sunday, correct? Uh, Sunday. Uh, yeah, we should yep, probably be out Sunday. Sunday night. We are doing a fundraiser stream. We will uh, do bits and things. Uh, all donations will go to the GoFundMe. We'll put post them there, or you could just donate directly. Of course, we pre- we prefer that. But just an idea of just trying to inspire people to donate even more if they can, because in these times, people need as much help as they can get. So definitely want to help Craig as yeah. much as we can. That's awesome, and thank you guys uh, over there for doing that too. That's that's great, great. Um, Anything we can do to help. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and, and we love the community. I mean, uh, I love the community and I know you do too. And, and, uh, you know, thank you guys, uh, for your support for, you know, obviously Christian and, and the crew keeping all this content going, schmo down, building that up support for, uh, for, for, uh, for Craig. Um, it's, it's awesome. And, uh, and, and to our listeners here on this show specifically, thank you for your support. Uh, but that's why that's why I do it. I'm just a part of this community. I'm a fan, and I like talking about this shit. So uh, it's it's just it's just all about good times and uh, spreading the love. And so uh, it, it was a it was a nice fun week of SEN Live. Um, and the match uh, the match that dropped, uh, like I said, Rogue Two was victorious over the Wicked. Drip drip for the Swag Squad. They got uh, got some more points up on the board, baby. So congrats to them. Um, Elsie, uh, thank you very much for joining me and helping me out here. I've really had a good time. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, why don't you tell the folks where they can find you at on the social media, uh, uh, your uh, the podcast uh, channel, YouTube channel, anything at all that you would like to plug, whatever you got going on the floor is yours. All right. I, I'm kind of busy, so I've got some things. Uh, if you want to follow me on social media, you can find me at KelseyKins90 on Twitter and Instagram. I'm also on the Call to Action podcast uh, YouTube channel. We talk about all things Schmodown, so check us out there. Um, I am the main host of a show called Call to Action Live on Sundays, where we recap everything that's happened this week. And it's a live show, so you can interact with us in the chat. So please come and watch us. We 
have fun hanging out with you guys. I also have my own personal YouTube channel, which is just my name, Kelsey Kirkland. I do gameplays. I review uh, movies and do trailer reactions. But my main thing is I do reviews on all things Harley Quinn. So right now I'm focusing on Harley Quinn, the animated show on DC Universe. So if you like that show and want to hear some other opinions on it, check it out. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, thank you very much. I'm, I, I didn't, and, and that's, I just got some knowledge here. I didn't realize you had your own YouTube channel, so I'll definitely go check days, that out. It's there. <laughs> hey, hey man, it's there. It's there. And I'll check it out personally. So, um, and if you guys would like to follow me on the Twitter, you can do so at J Wade 1134. That is the letter J W A D E one, one, three, four. Also follow Merck with a movie blog at movie blog Merck. Uh, you find this show and the others you heard in the promo break uh, on the Merck with a movie blog podcast feeds. Uh, I just go to anchor. I always just say it's just easier because I'm old as shit and I don't understand tech. So I just go to the one stop shop. So like, you know, I like, like anchor from what I understand, anchor is like the Amazon of, of buying shit. You just go to anchor, you find your podcast and then it'll direct you to like whatever other fucking platform you use. I don't know. I I, I don't even know how to use the fucking flashlight on my phone. And that's the truth. (laughs) I don't even know if my phone has a flashlight and that's also the truth. Um, but you can check those out. And also if you want some written content, there's not much been loaded lately, but, uh, mark with a movie blog.com. Uh, thanks, guys, for joining us, and we will be back next week. Where Let me check here real quick, talk a little bit and ramble so that I don't have any dead air. Next week, oh, yeah, oh, shit, guys. Next week, David B. will be back in here to guest co-host with me again, and our guests will be, oh, man, shit, I'm excited. Oh, man, the, my favorite fucking heel and schmodown, everybody. Mike and Shannon will be here oh. next week with guest co-host, guest co-host David B. So I'm looking forward to that shit. I love doing stuff with David B., but, I mean, you know, this is Mike and Shannon. Shannon's the greatest fucking heel and villain in schmodown. I love it so much. She's one of my favorite people of all time. She, is- she, she seems... Yes, she just seems so, so delightful and pleasant, like, uh, on her Twitter feeds when you can see a little bit of her personality outside of the schmodown. But her personality in the schmodown, she won me over when she broke up the wild berries like it won no thing, dude. I was like, oh, I was heartbroken that they were broken up, but at the same time, I was like, man, Kalinowski, you lucky dog, dude. She's a Mood good woman. That- you keep her. <laughs> The mood in that room when that happened, like everyone was like, you know, excited and cheering because, you know, Josh got drafted. Then Shannon went up and that happened. You just like the look on Josh's face. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, It was so good. good. (laughs) Yeah. But definitely looking forward to that next week, guys. So be sure and come back for that. But uh, everyone have a great and safe week out there and we will see you next week. Well, won't see you, but, you know, you'll hear me. Bye. Bye.